Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at DairySpeaks and Todd at TDGuardiansKU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. Hi, folks. Spring training is uh, underway, and it has uh, been long overdue to get back on the air. Matt and Todd with you. It is the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, waitingfornextyear.com, uh, and the Evergreen Podcast Network on a, a Tuesday, February the 20th. Full squad is there. Is full squad, you know, pra- uh, actually all together, Todd? I mean, look, just w- w- tell me when the games start, you know, but, hey, a lot to discuss. we got to talk about the infield, the outfield uh 99 your buddy <laughs> apparently is already injured that's a shame and uh much more so what's going on what's going on is your deep don non-strock tan in the middle of winter <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you very much you, you're you you're you are uh yeah you're looking good walking tall looking good i mean this refreshed is, that's right I like you. i'm uh i feel like i'm i'm back and better than ever after a little uh little cruise a little little trip down south it was great you look rested it's nice that's nice um yeah i'm uh you know you and i and the executive producer have had multiple many many conversations about this upcoming season on texts and uh the executive producer and i are leaning more on the negative side where you are mr positive here so sell me on the positives of why I should be excited about the season, considering the fact that you think we're going to win the division. I do actually. And people are going to go, what's this guy talking about? He's crazy. The, the biggest free agent pickup from the, uh, the off season was Austin freaking hedges. They're not spending any money. Dolan's cheap. When's the new owner coming in? All they care about is the stadium renovation, blah, blah, blah. I, I get all that. Um, I think a couple of these young guys are going to pop this year. I don't think they were ready last year to do it. I think the organization screwed up uh, in 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 collecting middle infielders and not getting rid of some of them, and that might come back to bite them. But I do feel like somebody is going to hit, unlike last year. I think this team needed a new voice. I think some of the dinosaurs that were in that clubhouse and in that uh, dugout uh, were, were, were having I-71 eyes and were ready to get out of town. And I think that caused a lack of leadership, a lack of energy. And I think that with a younger voice now, no, no, not doing any ageism here. I'm just, and I love Tito, but I think a new voice, younger voice, some new staff um, and some additions that I think they're going to need to play right away could lead to on top of Todd, a very good starting rotation with health uh, success. Am I saying this is a World Series contender? No. But if you're going to do, and I'll do this tomorrow night, I'm filling in a 92-3 the fan for Jonathan Peterlin tomorrow night. Ah, yes. Peterlin here. <laughs> Peterlin here. Uh, I'll do the topic. Contenders or rebuilding? And I think they're contenders. And I think they're World Series contenders? No. But I think they can win the division? I do. So, so in other words, thank God for the AL Central, as usual. Right. Um, you chucking dirt on Tito is something I didn't have on my uh, bingo card this yeah, morning. The old bingo card. Dude. <laughs> chucking dirt on him, but he was uh, he had I seventy one eyes in June. He was done. Yeah, Demarlo yeah. Hale was done too. I think. I mean, listen. I don't want to you know relive the past here, but I think 
had 2022 gone differently, Tito would not have come back last year. I think he came back last year because 2022 was such a pleasant surprise and the kids played so well that he's like, we're going to build on this. I got a really good potential World Series type team. That's right. And so I'm going to stick around for one more year and it turned out to be a disaster. Uh, a lot of injuries, uh, you know, all that stuff. Nobody, nobody hit. So that was not a fun season for him. And health wise, obviously it wasn't good either, but I just, I look up and I say, you know, you mentioned this Two, this is the same conversation we had two years ago. We've collected so many middle infielders and we, ha- we have to trade somebody. Well, guess what? None of them have trade value the way that they did two years ago. They overplayed their hand there. They don't have any other than the pitching, which they have to keep and they shouldn't trade. They don't really have any position player guys that they're willing to, to deal to get somebody of, you know, of a, a, a veteran real presence in the middle of that order. And, you know, now they're playing the front office is playing the, well, we got to see what we have with the youngsters card again this year. I saw Arias get, you know, over 300 at bats last year. And against left-handers, he was like, you know, well, I, I don't or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah horrible yeah. against left-handers. Absolutely. Right. You know, Rokio, I obviously did not get a huge shot. Freeman, Tito had him rotting all year. Only played third base on Sundays to give J-Ram a day off his legs. Right. Tyler Freeman Sundays only. That's right. I've seen, I mean, I've seen way too much of Miles Straw. I will say that I believe that there is no way Stephen Vogt will be this loyal to Miles Straw. No, No way. I I, I agree with that. I think Straw was Tito's question about. And I personally, I I think the only thing you got penciled in at this point is Bo, at, at Bo catching first base. With Josh Naylor, third base with J Ram, left field with Quan, and every uh, and and Andres Jimenez. Every other spot is pretty much up for grabs. And for all we know, Andres could play shortstop. We still don't know because they still haven't told us anything. You know, uh, I think they'll probably give Arias the first shot at short, but I've seen all I need to see it with him. I'm I, I don't see it. I, I don't think he'll ever hit. I don't. That's your boy. Arius. Uh, I mean, I, I don't hate him. I, I no, that's your guy. What are you talking about? You were play Arius, Mr. Play Arius last yeah, year. Yeah. And then toward the end of last year, I just had enough because that's you know, true. You're right. I mean, he just, you know, the, the three, the three pitch at bats, the strikeouts. Um, this has been an organization, especially with Chris Valeka as hitting coach that has thrived on uh, putting the ball in play. And he does not fit that model. Rokio does. Freeman does. Uh, Florial doesn't. So like, but and yeah, neither does David Davison. Uh, the new DLS doesn't either. Doesn't either. But like, the bottom line is, I think they're going to try to mix and match and figure. I think that they're going into the spring, going, all right, we got all of these guys. Now they already have messed up, and to my surprise, I read some Chris Antonetti comments from last week where they kind of admitted they messed up. You know? Yeah. We were, well, good. So you know what? At least he's being honest. Right. We were so overly patient with Will Benson. We went through 17 swing adjustments with him, 17 different coaches. He finally got to the bigs and then we dealt him. And then he thrived in a platoon role, uh, you know, down in Cincinnati. 
platoon was better rested down in Cincinnati. That's what it was. The platoon was better rested? Yeah, well, that's true. Um, the Nolan Jones situation. You traded the wrong guy. You kept Oscar Gonzalez because he was Mr. October the year before. You're like, we don't need Nolan Jones. We got Oscar Gonzalez. And Oscar Gonzalez can't even stay on a 40-man roster. So um, they were wrong. And now Nolan Jones is on all these lists. I saw MLB.com, top 10 list of, of guys that could win the batting title. Nolan Jones was number nine. He was listed as third best right fielder oh, in baseball that, by those, those lists. Lists were stupid. No, no, so no. stupid. Those lists were dumb. But uh, another one that I saw was some batting title. But, you know. Oh, yeah. He was on that list of sleepers to win the batting title. Now, well, I'll well, say that the Nolan Jones situation, I will say this. Yes, Oscar was great. But what's so interesting was Nolan Jones in the minors had the pedigree, was good, was good, was good, high-end prospect, contact guy, whatever. Oscar basically came from nowhere, was not a highly thought-of prospect, and just happened to come up and hit, and he was right-handed, and they were so desperate for a right-handed bat. Benson and Jones were both lefty, right. and I think that I think that played a lot into it. Also, Jones couldn't stay healthy. You know, and last year was like the first year he really stayed healthy. Now, you know, it's it's stupid to relitigate that he's gone. But oh, uh, like you said, to the to your point though, the front office at least they admitted their mistakes. But the problem is, they every time they seemingly spend, they screw it up, and then they don't spend for another five years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you you just go back into the history and you see when. Over the last 10, 15 years, they very rarely made any free agent decisions or signings. And when they did, they wouldn't go well and they'd cut bait pretty quickly. You know, I mean, I can even think of 2013, Mark we Reynolds. We don't need to play the Michael Bourne and Nick Swisher card. Well, not even that. Like, even like Mark Reynolds, you know, or Brett Myers, you know, guys like that. They're like, oh, yeah, they'll help. Gavin Floyd. None of these guys ever did anything. Wow. You are really digging those. That's a deep cut right there with Gavin Floyd. Wicked, wicked. I will. Okay. So I just, by the way, just for clarity, I just went back and looked. Arias was nine for 108 against lefties. Yeah. It's unacceptable. That would be a 083 clip. And, and look, you know, Keith Law from the athletic.com uh, that also brings us uh, uh, one Zach Meisel, a P1 of the show. Um, and Zach, by the way, we got to get him out to Rise and Grind Fitness on Chagrin Boulevard, but I digress. I think, uh, what was I saying? Um, Rokio puts the ball in play, and Keith Law thinks he's a top 15 prospect. Gabby Arias has never made a top 15 list. He's been on a few top 100 lists, but never to, the, never to this extent. And some of the, uh, you know, the prospect hoes, and 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 the geeks will say, well, Arius was the whole key to the Clevenger trade. No, he wasn't. But like, yes, he was touted-ish by the Padres, but I don't think he was ever a top 30, top 50 prospect in all of baseball. They liked no, him. Sure. He was not. He was top 100 at, at, at peak. And he's toolsy as hell, all right? Power, the, the, no one will power, complain about the defense. You know. But I mean, remember, I, how, remember how good he looked in right field even when they put him out there? Yeah. By the way, did you are you the one that sent me the Ahmed Rosario workout? Yes, I did last night. I don't know why I still follow him on Instagram, but I do. And it was hit he he hasn't signed anywhere still, correct? 
No, I guess I guess not. Oh, but everyone. Oh, but ads wanted to extend him two years ago or last year. Remember the extend a med conversation? He can't even get a fucking minor league deal. That's another old bit we don't need to dust on. But uh, (laughs) Arias will get the first shot. But like, if if if, I mean, I respect Keith Law. I think Keith Law knows what he's talking about. He goes to these winter league, uh, uh, you know, Arizona fall league games and the Dominican winter league. He watches all this. Brian Rocchio is a top 15 prospect. If he can't beat out Gabe Arias, then what are we doing? Now, I yeah, agree. maybe the organization is hoping, all right, let's say they both hit in the spring. Let's say they both look good. Then all of a sudden you go, all right, Gabe, you go back out to right field and play out there sometimes. And, you know, it's almost like a crapshoot. Like, all right, let's say Flory, there's a reason they went after Florio. He has to play. De no, he's out of options. They're either he's either making the team or he's getting DFA. Right. There's a reason De Los Santos is here because he has to play, or else he goes back to uh, Arizona. I, the, the 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 De Los Santos thing makes very little sense to me because we haven't mentioned his name yet. But to, the key to this entire season is Kyle Manzardo and him being what we hope and traded for to be because. If Manzardo comes up as advertised, all of a sudden DH in first base, you're rotating Manzardo and Naylor, and the two of them are playing every day, and you have a middle-of-the-order bat who's consistent. He's high on base. He's got the pop. He, he's everything that, that we need in the middle of the order. He really is. If he pops, that's wonderful. But you can't have – I don't know where you fit the new DLS and Manzardo on the roster together. It doesn't make sense. Plus, to your point, if you're going to keep Arias and Ro- I mean, we're, there's only 26 roster spots, right? Right. You also did not mention when you said Arias can play out in right field, Loriano's going to platoon in right field with Will Brennan, most likely. Oh God, forgot about that. Veteran presence, he's got a guaranteed $5 million. They're not getting rid of him. You know, so, well, so you really, if, if, if Lorio makes the team and Loriano makes the team and you still have Straw and you still have Quan. And you still have Brennan. That's that's your five outfielders right there. Then where then then Wait, uh, one of Arias or Rogue. What? You didn't mention Straw. Did yeah, you? I did. Yeah. Wait. Straw, Brennan, Floreal in Straw and Floreal center field. Straw. Yeah. Quan and left. And, may, and maybe uh, and what if what if Arias and Rocchio are both on fire in the spring and both look good, and the outfield continues to suck ass? Then what? If my grandma, also your grandma, had balls, she'd be our grandfather. The <laughs> odds of them both hitting this spring and 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 both knocking on the door is I, – I don't see it. I just don't think Arias hits enough. I don't. But the problem is I really believe no matter – this is what I believe. Now, maybe because of Stephen Vogt, they will change. But I believe this front office is so set in their ways. Arias is – while they're saying it's an open competition – Rokio's got options and he's still young. They're going to send Rokio down and say, you play short every day and give Arias enough rope to hang himself, essentially. And if he sucks, then they'll go to Rokio. That's what I think is going to happen. The Manzardo thing, to me, makes no sense. If you're serious about winning right now and he hits in the spring, he needs to be on that roster on opening day. Just like Quan was two years ago. He needs to be on that roster. Oh, yeah. No. I. The fact that Quan. Did he start opening day or did he play the second game? He was on the roster on opening then, day. Then, but then he played the second game. Wasn't 
Did he play opening day, the actual day of in Kansas? I'll, I'll look it up, Utah. That day two, and then it was like. Dude, we played the Twins, game. right? We opened in Minnesota. No, we Does opened that sound in right Kansas to you? City. Two years ago? All right, I'll look Quan this up. Was, Keep but I don't remember if Quan. I think my Quan might have hit ninth on opening day, and then by the, the third game in Kansas City, he was hitting second. I right, think I'm, I'm looking that up, but that was a bit of a stunner because this organization is you're like you, like you said, too cold in April, stash him away. And in this case, it'll be that's T that's Tito's bit. So I, yeah, but the organization was on top. They were all for it too. You wonder how many, you're right. You wonder what things will change now that uh, Tito's gone, but I don't know if that's going to be oh. one or not. He started yeah, opening day. He started opening day in right field and hit seventh. You know the winning pit. We lost three to one. You know the winning pitcher was for the Royals that day. Uh, no. Your new setup man, Scott Barlow. Yeah. He pitched two scoreless innings of three strikeout ball. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies, big and small. On conflicted. We dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. That's right. So he played right field. Yeah. A few years ago. How about this? Hitting clean that day, cleanup hitter was Franmil Reyes hitting fifth. Bobby Bradley hitting sixth was Yu Chang. <laughs> Good plan. Um, back to Manzardo for a second. Uh, he has to be up. I, has to. I mean, DH first base, he and Naylor should be rotating, and that should be it. Amen. Not trade Aaron Savali for this kid to start off in uh, um, Columbus. Columbus. That would be idiotic. It really would be. He had a great offseason, fall league, all this stuff. Let's go. You, you can't. I have him in my brain penciled in to be playing a lot. Whether it's DHing first base, Naylor needs a day off, Kyle goes to first. Let him DH, you know, I mean, that's, that's a no brainer to me. So the, the, the other questions are certainly shortstop, center field. You know, Florial, you know, I watched him with the Yankees. They'd play him. He would look bad. He would strike out, and then they would boo. You know, that's a tough place to play. He needed, needed a change of scenery. But he's 26, right, 25, 26. So what if he's – and I know Terry Pluto wrote about this at Cleveland.com in his column. He's turning 27. No, he's 26. Sorry, he's 26. 26. But Same I, age I think they think some one of these young guys, maybe Will Brennan, 
had a bad sophomore year last year. And they think they're going to see the Will Brennan from August and September of 2022. Maybe that's the Brennan they think they're going to see. Problem is, is there enough power in this lineup? And the other factor, too, is, will we see the 2022 version of Jimenez? Because if he's going, then these other guys kind of fall in line. And the other yeah, thing well, that I like and the reason I think they can win the division, sure, put me on record on February 20 that they will. This catcher's a monster. When was the last time the Guardians put a catcher in the middle of the order? Because that's where he should be hitting. Why, why would Bo Naylor hit anything lower than Probably Carlos Santana when he first came up or Victor. Yeah. You know, it's been a long right. time. By the way, I'm just looking, going back to the Florio conversation. In 20, these are his AAA stats. In 2022, he hit 283 with an 849 OPS and had 31 doubles and 15 homers and stole 39 bases. Oh, yeah. And last year, and he played in 101 games. Last year, same thing, 101 games, same literally 409 at bats with six more at bats. He hit 284 with a 945 OPS, 28 homers, and, and stole 25 bases. So he could be definition for a. He could be. But again, I don't the New York Yankees and Brian Cashman, their evaluation of their own prospects and how they handle the minor leagues and the shuttle between the Bronx and Strand Wilkes-Barre is is not criminal, but it's it's bad. They they they, they would rather pick up veteran scrubs off the right you know, that are free agents and play them than their young guys. Position players. No. Not By that the we're way. exactly uh you know <laughs> uh you know Ruth's Chris here of that uh, department either. Can I say one more thing about yes. Floreal? Here's how I know he's making the roster, and I don't know if I told you this or not. But somebody that I am friends with. Oh, uh, here we go. One of your real uh, estate insiders. <laughs> real estate insider. Uh, Floreal was looking at their home to buy, which to me is the dumbest thing ever because he doesn't, you know, how do you know you're making the team and why would you buy a house here uh, in Cleveland? But uh, he went and looked and went to a showing at someone I know's house. So, yeah. That? So he must know something that he's making the team. Um, I, I, I think though a perfect world scenario is that Florial comes up and, and plays this spring and tears the cover off the ball and forces his way out there. And they play him more in center field and almost like give him three at bats. We have a lead, take him out, put in straw, which is the role straw should have had last year. Might I add? Yeah, but that wasn't him. Not last year. No, not last year, but I'm saying this year, that's that's what I believe should I, be. I guess you could have moved Brennan over. You could have put – I mean, you know, they're not all going to fail. And I think that some of these guys needed last year to go through rough sophomore year. Remember, Arias was in the playoffs playing first base in 2020. Starting. That was rookie year for him. Will Brennan was out there. I considered last year still sophomore sort of slump. Now, the hope is for Bybee, Williams, and Allen that this year is not – Last year's Brennan Aria sophomore slump. That's the hope. Uh, and, 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 as, and, and as the worst program director that I ever worked for would used to say, give him some hope and fear. So, uh, <laughs> are his initials JP? <laughs> no, no, uh, DS. 
But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. <laughs> JP, we love JP. Okay. <laughs> um, great guy. So I, I just, I you know, in a good program. So focus. <laughs> All right. Can I, there, but if you look at the roster again, you're only allowed 13 pitchers. Isn't that correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. So on the position player side, you don't forget, you got David Fry on the roster too. Okay. So there's another person. Wait, what? Oh, you, David Fry. He's still on the team? Yes, he's no on the 40 idea. man. I had no idea. You have Fry, Hedges, and Naylor. I was that's, prepping for this and totally missed that? That's three. Okay. He's not going to make the team. Why not? Where are you going to play him? Everywhere. You love David Fry. Come big on. Game, that's your I, guy. Big game Dave. But where, big game Dave. Where is he going to play? You're going to carry three more catchers again and do that routine? But he he's not just a catcher. He's a super utility player. He plays third. He plays first. He plays. guy is Freeman. You okay. So here. Backup. You have Loriano as a backup. I'm, I'm going to count all these guys and you tell me what, there's 13 have to, you know, if 13 pitchers make it, 13 position players make Man, it. I'm really failing. Fry Hedges and Naylor is three. Arias is four. The new DLS is five. Freeman is six. Jimenez is seven. Josh Naylor, eight. Jose, nine. Rocchio, 10. And then the five outfielders. Okay, so two of those guys are not going to make it. Right. So you have to you have to cut two of those guys. One of them is going to be Rocchio or Arias, most likely. One of them is going to go down and play shortstop every day, which it'll probably be Rocchio, which I disagree with. And then it comes down to the last roster spot of basically Fry, Delo Santos. I didn't even mention Manzardo, by the way. Did not mention him because he's not no, on the 40. No. Break. First Fry time over, this year. They keep David Fry over Kyle Manzardo. I, I, Who do you think you're dealing with here? I like David Fry, but there's no room. I agree, but he's there. BGD. Come on. Two guys got to go. I mean, I guess Fry would stay if Rokio goes starts the year at AAA, but I... I think Freeman's a lock as the utility. I do. Yeah, no, because he can handle the role. And uh... what if what if what if he's the best of the three shortstops in the spring? What if Freeman looks like the starter, Rokio looks decent, and Aria struggles? There's no way if Rokio's here, he's the guy. I don't believe I could see them. I could see them if Freeman's bet. Let's say Freeman tears the cover off the ball and Arias is meh again, and Rokio doesn't separate himself. They could play Freeman at shortstop every day and make Arias the utility man. Why not? Right. Arias can't hit, and he's a great defender. There's another one for you. Yeah. What if the best of the bunch is Brito? Then what? Second base. Then you move. Well, he's not. I don't believe they have any plan of bringing up Brito to start him on the you know with the team. I think they're going to let him play second base every day. I mean, truly, if he's awesome, Andre should play short and Brito should play would, short. Yeah, right. Then then you have these three other guys. <laughs> well, congratulations. You've overplayed your hand, right. as we've been talking about for almost three, three years. years now. Years. Right. Oh, You know, the Ahmed thing almost, like, was counterproductive. It helped, Hello? you know, two years ago. A lot. Right, but I've been, I was right about that one for two years. But we all have been saying there's a log jam and they better package some guys. Because the other thing is, as we've said many, many times, you hold these guys too long. And sometimes, most of the time, it's not going to work out. The hit or miss rate on prospects is like, especially with our squad, 
right, we have five Hitting. minutes left. We haven't even talked about pitching at all. What about Bieber at drive line? Hey, all I know is there's an uptick in the velocity, yeah. more break in his curveball. Yeah. I I am a big believer in the drive line programming. So, <laughs> and I'm also a big believer that not trading Bieber was the was the way to go. You know what? Yeah, Play it out. Get, you're gonna get if you're out of it, and I don't think they will be. But if 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 someone comes calling with a big haul at the deadline, that's when you're gonna get the most for him. No question about. It. But you have to. You have, yeah. His curveball last year was garbage, and he knows it. And then he stopped throwing it. So like, let's get back to let's get back to seeing the the three, four, five pitch pitcher that we know Shane Bieber can be. I think that I think that holding him was the right move because whatever they were going to get for one year of him wasn't going to be good enough. And if you are serious about winning, the rotation of Bieber, McKenzie, Bybee, Williams, and Allen is pretty solid and that's how you're going to win games. So you hold on to them. If things go well and you're in it, then you let him walk. You offer him the qualifying offer. He won't take it. You let him walk and you collect a first round pick fine. And if the team stinks, then you trade him at the deadline. No harm, no foul. I, I think that's the right move for sure. I mean, it's very easy to talk about the VLO and the 93.1 uh, WZAK velocity that he apparently now has. But bottom line is his other, his secondary pitches were not, weren't good last year. And he was kind of just throwing, you know, three, he used to throw and he was behind the count. He would throw a curveball at someone's feet and they would swing over it. And you go, oh, that's nasty. You know, last year it was, all right, here's a fastball at 91 that everybody knows is coming. Because the other pitches weren't good. And I I think he's primed to have a, a bounce back. Hopefully he's healthy. I think McKenzie, the same thing. If those guys are rolling, let's say the first two games of a series, let's say it starts in Oakland. I mean, you're playing a triple-A team. Um, and then you throw Bybee in game three, and you go, <laughs> Tanner Bybee's pitching the third game. Look how good he is. Then we're, then we're on to something here. Yeah. It's also going to be interesting to see how they handle – the rotation and the long man situation, because again, I don't think they care about Bieber in terms of blowing him out. This is his seventh year in the rotation, by the way, seventh. And so I don't think they got a problem there. The other four, you got McKenzie basically coming off of a, a season long injury. And then you got the three kids who, you know, they've never thrown more than probably 120 innings or 130 innings yet in their career. Um, so, and then, you know, who backs them up if things are injured, you know, with the injuries, I mean, is, is Carrasco going to be in the bullpen? Is he going to make the team? Is he going to be the long man? Is Xavier Curry who handled that role so well going to be the guy, or are they going to send him back to be the sixth starter? You know, you got Joey Cantillo there. There's Ben Lively's out, you know, he, he is he. I don't believe in Ben Lively, but they're making it sound like he's a real candidate. Ben, ben Lively is a Gene pick. <laughs> Gene's trash. Yeah, I'm Gene. Yeah, I, I I don't believe it either. And yeah, I, yeah. Hopefully, a guy like Gaddis or even Cantillo or Curry, those guys should be those. Uh, to me, I'm stretching Curry out. Carrasco to me would be the long man, and put put him in the pen. I love, listen, I love the story. I want him to retire here for sure. And I want him to make the team. I also think Curry was like borderline team MVP last year for a while. In that, in that role. Yes. He was great. He was great. And I think he deserves to be here. I mean, I could see them saying, listen, you, 
pitched your ass off. We appreciate everything you've done for us, but we need you as the sixth starter. We need you starting on regular rotation down in Columbus. Uh, I think that would suck for him, but they may end up doing that. So, because I think they, Carrasco is, listen, this team could use all the good PR and all the good positive vibes from the fa- to, towards the fans and having Carrasco make the team is basically a PR move. And I also think Carrasco and Hedges in that dugout helps. Mm-hmm. It's a young team. And and the Hedges leadership factor, I think, was a played a role in, in some of the drab baseball we saw last year. They missed him. And uh, now I think they'll be a little bit reinvigorated. So what about getting 99 out of the block? How does that guy still on the 40? It's stunning to me, but sounds like he's hurt already. All right. We'll be back. We, this is, this is a good start for us. Uh, I could keep going for like, I can't believe you and your business. Come on. I'll, I'll, I'll talk for another half hour. <laughs> right. Rise and grind fitness. Uh, check them out on Chagrin Boulevard. Talk quick plug. What's going on over there? Rise and grind dot com r y z e a n d g r i n d dot com tell them tell them tell me because it's my spot and i'll hook you up free class to any listener mention the dairy brothers guardians cast and you get a free class if you like cycle if you like boot camp if you like bike boot camp if you like bar we got it all so uh, interval strength training you name it and uh we will entertain you it's a very very fun and you know it, it's just it's just a great community so come join our community riseandgrind.com or at riseandgrind fitness on instagram check out what we got going on and uh yeah i'll hook you up get you in shape uh breaking tea t-shirts breaking tea breaking tea.com slash dairy for all of your uh, guardians gear check that out and also of course uh dr ben and dr sean over at the Center for Advanced Dentistry. All right, we'll be back soon. We are out of room and out of here. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.